This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned in to the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Late last year, we featured Jungle School Gumbak Malaysia, an initiative that teaches the public the way to live and survive in the jungle on this show. Founded by Norizalifa Zanal Abidin and Mija Kalam PE, Jungle School Gumbak Malaysia or JSGM is also an ecotourism initiative that empowers the orang asli communities in Gumbak by getting them to be involved in running and managing most of the programs there. Now, with the COVID-19 pandemic and the MCO disrupting people from all walks of life, I caught up with Nozalifa and Mija Kalam to find out how they and the Orang Asli communities that they work closely with have been coping so far. Alhamdulillah, we enjoy the MCO actually because this is the time where we actually have a very good family bonding. So, of course, everybody uh, suffered. I think the whole world suffered on the pandemic COVID because the change of Bila ada pandemik ni, maksudnya you have to change your lifestyle And uh, being very hectic, going to and fro to the office and doing your works And then suddenly you have to cope up in the, at home kan But we take it positively because we feel that uh, nature is uh, recovering During MCO ni, if you see like in Gumba, we can see the monkeys lying down on the road, enjoying themselves I think birds are chirping. I think the animals are very, very happy. On our part, I take it as, a, in, in some ways, it's a blessing. Because it's a, it's a show of nature. Allah tunjukkan, uh, we need to, to rethink on how we go about in uh, defining development or progression. So, uh, maybe Major Kalam want to say something to add? Yeah, Assalamualaikum and Salam Sejahtera. Um... Yes, I really enjoy uh, MCO because I do a lot of gardening. And now our garden has produced a lot of uh, vegetables and herbs. And uh, I think, uh, yes, uh, the, the indigenous way of sustainable is actually the answer to our uh, world issue of food, you know, food production and all this. It just can be answered with the indigenous way. That is what we are going to do with the Jungle School, Gomba, Malaysia. And now we have UNESCO blessing that they, they are finding is uh, tally with what we uh, you know, present to them uh, last time in uh, December 2018. Mm. Okay. Mr. brought up a very good point about how I guess this is maybe one of the ways nature is actually communicating with us and saying that maybe they needed a break. Um, I find it quite interesting in the sense because I think a lot of people have been taking that perspective as well, saying that I guess maybe the way of modern living, the way we've been living our lives um, these days may not have been sustainable, right? So there is a need to find a better sustainable way of living and maybe that way is true by, you know, appreciating nature a lot more and going back to nature in a more traditional and I guess natural way, right? Yes. Mm. But how how um, the pandemic has affected, um, I guess, Jungle School Gombak Malaysia as, as an enterprise and how have you been recovering from it? Uh, I guess there were no activities done throughout the MCO, right? You guys can't yeah. operate, right? Yeah. yeah. We are following the SOP as um, instructed by MKN and KKM. So uh, during the MCO, I did a lot of research writing 
on jungle school so we do it in such that um, we do a more of um, awareness uh, awareness on uh, jungle school gumba so of course it is affected in terms of uh, we don't have tourists coming in from international but uh, i think after the mco uh, we've got lots and lots of requests from the local people they want to be near to the nature so uh, and uh, I think recently this month baru kami akan uh, buat activities on jungle school and of course um, I think uh, during the MCO bila dah kena kurung everybody cannot do activities um, we have to change macam dia macam reboot lah macam computer kan uh, you can switch on and off again we have to reconnect balik with the orang asli get them to like, tanya kabar how are they doing actually they are coping well actually cuma in terms of activities of jungle school too, and now we are returning um, we've got a few projects lining up in terms of uh, supporting and enhancing uh, the the existing skill to kita nak elevate so we want to uh, we are doing projects like we want to embark into edible garden edible backyard garden uh, we have discussed about the um, situation in gumba uh, hutan gumba whereby there is a lot of illegal dumping People suddenly can after MCO, everybody uh, cycling and running around the area of Gombak Reserve Hutan tu. I mm. think, um, and then we have to create more awareness. So in terms of that, we have to reconnect balik dengan orang asli just to say, macam kita berziarah lah. Kita berziarah menyantuni orang asli. Of course, we are informing them then there's a lot of packages and they have to start uh, be ready lah to receive. Um, on mm. on Majikalang, your side. Yeah, we are recovering quite, um, you know, slowly. Not because again, we have to go back on our feet, but not <laughs> to jump up straight away. Because mm. uh, again, this is uh, the nature cannot take so many uh, people at one time. Because this is where the, the disruption came in. So we define the development as. Uh, uh, mental development instead of uh, physical development again so uh, with the honestly we have to tell them that this is the way uh, the nature uh, spoke to us <laughs> because some of them are not muslim so if you are the, the muslim one we say that this allah has sent us the message mm. please take care of the nature because the nature you need the oxygen and the water <laughs> i've been given you free and fresh oxygen and water but you contaminate almost everything that i give you for free <laughs> And now you start to charge the, you know, pay money for the water. Mm. <laughs> and it's going to be very expensive soon if we not take care of the jungle. Mm. So they honestly uh, understand that uh, because uh, our ancestors have been taking care of our jungle for thousands of years. This is not new. Huh? Mm. So that's how we explain to them. And instead of uh, staying in Gomba, we're also visiting uh, other villages now. Uh, for example, we just came back from Maran with a different tribe, uh, uh, Smokeberry tribe. And of course, we revisit our tribe in uh, Kuala Ganda, that is a Chekwong tribe. And a uh, uh, successful story is that uh, we planted a herbal garden before, just before uh, MCO. And uh, the, the, garden. the garden now is thriving. You can see the, the lemongrass is growing very, very healthy. And, uh, and other plants like uh, ginger and all these things are growing happily in the in the garden of the Tok Batin house. So that's how now we are embarking into 
the herbal gardens and the vegetables around the orang asli villages. Mm. Yeah, um coming back to the point of the community coping of the pandemic, uh some of them rely on the activities conducted by Jungle School Gombak Malaysia. Uh it has become their source of income. How did they cope with the loss of that source of income for them during the pandemic? Oh, okay, um actually what government has done a good job uh, when they are helping everybody. So the 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 ration, the food, everything that come from the government and also mostly NGO come through us because the NGO doesn't know the officer of uh, Jakwa normally. So when they call us, we redirect all this uh, food, aid. Uh, food, aid, everything to directly to the kampong, to the villages. Mm. So the, yeah, they receive quite a number of sustenance. So they're not really um, in, in a bad condition uh, during this time. Mm. Looking at the the plants and the vegetables around their house, they can survive better than us because we are relying on the hypermarket. <laughs> they don't because their hypermarket is jungle, mm. except for the carbohydrate like uh, rice and uh, tapioca they have, but uh, they don't have rice. Many around Asli village cannot plant rice anymore because they, they, they lost their skill and also the seeds. So because of that, they still need rice from outside. So the, the government have given a lot of uh, this uh, support, and even the Jakwa also given support, and of course NGOs uh, giving a lot. So during this uh, RMCO. Mm. But what about the mental health side of things? Uh, were they a bit anxious about the possibility of uh, being infected with the disease, or were they like a bit anxious that you know, they can't find source of income during the pandemic during the MCO? Um, yeah, let me say that. Okay, I, I have, we have a group, actually, the Rasli group in the Facebook. And I, I talked to some of them. On the Negrito group, for example, the Batek in Taman Negara, they live in, in the Taman Negara area and they move out from the, the original village because to them, this uh, pandemic is um, Hawa. Uh, Hawa. They call it Hawa in their language. So they, they run away from the normal place and it, it took few hours or so for the, for the uh, department's officer to find them and give them direction. But uh, the issue now is the urban uh, or uh, Rasli who live near the city like Gomba you know, uh, or Uluyam, for example, because they have to rely on hypermarket as well like us. But they still have the, the domestic animal around the house, which is better than those who live in the PPRT, for example. <laughs> so they they only need the carbohydrate and just a little bit of uh, extra income. So, yeah, they still need job, for example, uh, cleaner. Some of them are asking for a simple job like uh, being a guard, you know, a cleaner, or all these uh, odd jobs. Mm. They are, they're not really looking for a permanent job for those who don't have the qualification. They, mm. Just enough with what they have at the moment. So we, we try to reboot with our arts and cultures and uh, of course now we're coming back to gardening aquaculture if anybody but none of them not all of them can accept you know because farming and gardening is not actually in their blood because the word hunter gatherers is actually belong to the Rasli. Mm. Um, so most of them are still thinking of being hunters and gatherers mm. so farming is a new skill that we have to no adapt slowly to these people mm. on my part through my observation is like a, we take it as a as a good timing for us to actually enhance their skill in terms of 
Like for example, we are arranging for them to be trained as a nature guide to enhance their hospitality and uh, also to prepare prepare the sites. The sites ni, cara prepare ni maksudnya they have to start having uh, good gardens around the houses. We are not encouraging the large farming atau ladang-ladang ni is not the best way with the orang asli because uh, that is a totally out of context. Dia punya skill tu, you kena really train them. But if you are looking at uh, jungle trekking, uh, mountain climbing, hunting and gathering, uh, sharing their experiences on uh, how to live and yeah. survive in the jungle and nature, I think the orang yang tu dia pick up very easily because yeah. it's in, the, in their DNA. So in terms of, um, actually we already like uh, spoken to our counterparts, uh, like for example, we have uh, two days ago, uh, we've got bookings from Japan uh, because they are making bookings uh, they are next part, uh, for next year. So um, like the Japanese, uh, they want it to be like mandi hutan, it's shimri yuku, they call it. It's like it's a way of relaxing in the jungle. So we've got many packages, uh, dah booking dah, dah booking. So we have to like re, re-train balik orang asli so that they are ready to receive the different tourist punya packages lah. But local, uh, Alhamdulillah local um, banyak lah, banyak. Uh, but we are arranging it in, tak nak banyak lah, we don't, don't believe in mass tourism because the way we see ROI is not just monetary. It has to be uh, sustainable. So kita tengok tak happiness index lah because everybody is so stressed up. <laughs> kan? Uh, so yeah. nak makan dia all the time pun we are very stressed up juga kalau all the time kita nak makan. So we want to exercise. So I think this is a new phenomena. I think the locals are now appreciating nature. Uh, kat Gombak ni kalau you tengok every weekend dah makin ramai uh, cyclists, uh, runners. They just nak exercise and they want the nature. They want the, the beautiful yeah, nature. Uh, in the jungle. So we see macam triple lah, triple increase on people visiting Gombak area. That was Nozali Faizan Al-Abidin, founder of Jungle School Gombak Malaysia, together with Mija Kalam PE, co-founder and the CEO of the initiative that teaches the public the way to live in the jungle. We caught up with them to ask how the orang asli communities that they collaborate with have been coping with the MCO. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharuddin. This week, we're catching up with the folks behind Jungle School Gumbak Malaysia, Norzalifa Zanal Abidin and Mija Kalam PE to learn more about how they, and more importantly, the orang asli communities that they've been collaborating with have been coping with the pandemic and the MCO. In the first part, we ended the conversation with an interesting anecdote about how the people in the city are now flocking to Gomba a lot more for recreational activities near nature. While that in isolation is something good, unfortunately, the new normal does not come with new habits. Major Kalampi elaborates. You mentioned earlier that the increase in, I guess, visitation also comes with the increase in bad habits. (laughs) Can you explain a bit on that? Okay, uh, the new normal, unless we call it the new normal, but it's still the old habits. Because we have increased in rubbish, that's uh, one thing. 
but alhamdulillah just before mco we have ngo which came to us talking about this issue so i told them that we should actually sell the rubbish because the rubbish are mostly recyclable so i've been talking this for about i think nine years <laughs> to a few ngos they don't pick up this until just before mco and this uh, ngo now they have received some uh, grant from government and we are going to do it soon Uh, okay, we are going to set up a recycle center, which the orang asli can go into the jungle and start collecting plastics and bottles and metal, and we can collect it and pay the orang asli, mm. and they can get income just from selling rubbish, mm. <laughs> rubbish which has price, mm. and then we can resell it to the bigger center. Uh, that is uh, our turnover. So maybe it's not making money the center, but actually. It's just a place for the rasli to clean up the jungle, get rid of the rubbish, and at the same time earning. Mm. So it's a win-win for both, for the jungle, for the for the jungle, for us, for the company, Community. for the NGO. So everybody wins. Mm. Okay. I guess it's a unique way of turning a negative situation into something positive, but yeah, still the bad yeah. habits must be must be eradicated, right? There must be a certain form of uh, educating the people who are coming to nature, especially yeah. outsiders, to somehow appreciate it more, right? Yeah, I think the the best way is now to outreach uh, people through social media. We have to create more uh, educating and awareness so that people have uh, that sense of responsibility. Like, uh, kalau you yang jogging, so try not to throw it away. You have to kalau nak throw pun at a proper place like the recycle center or yes. tempat-tempat yang uh, being assigned for you to put the rubbish in. Uh, because uh, the rubbish is actually affecting the animals, affecting, uh, kalau you tengok hujan lebat kan, sampah-sampah semua masuk dalam sungai gombak. And I think recently we had this problem of contamination in all the rivers. So we feel that sungai gombak memang we have to really, really take care lah because it's a main source of our water supply. And uh, on that part, Jungle School is... Um, getting the orang asli community to also contribute in taking care of their nature at the same time they are contributing back to all the communities bila they take care of the gombak river uh, the hutan uh, they are taking care juga the whole so they are serving back to the whole uh, malaysia lah kan uh, so this is a way of us empowering them getting them to relearn and understand and uh, They feel, uh, I think they feel quite proud lah kalau dia boleh chip in and contribute back to the other community, to the country. And they feel proud about it. Uh, so now we are doing all this awareness campaign. So we are starting it, I think, starting next week, uh, over the weekend, we have a few activities getting the orang asli. Dia kena macam uh, bersembang balik lah. Kena duduk bersembang balik. And I think this is a good platform uh, where we are doing the session with you as well. So to create more awareness to all communities. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of the, uh, I guess the new normal. How has Jungle School Gombak Malaysia been coping and also adapting to the new normal? Yeah. What are the, some of the adjustments and changes that you have to make to cope with the new normal? Okay. For example, we have so uh, physical distancing. I think as uh, when you are you are in the nature. You don't really <laughs> hug each other or getting too close. It's just normal for us to stay apart. Especially when I talk to the visitors, 
we have a bit at a distance, easily uh, five feet away, so that everybody can listen. So I think it's that new normal is actually for us normal in the jungle, because mm. when we're trekking, also we we don't really uh, you know hugging each other or holding each other's hand. We will trek. Uh, with a distance so that when I show something in the jungle, for example, animals or plants, then I have the distance so that they can they can see what I'm trying to explain there. So it's, uh, well, I think it's just a normal for us <laughs> in the jungle, which, which uh, other people in the, in the city think is a, a new normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, for the Rasli as well, they are you know, because they have been neglected by our population, for our people for quite some, for a long time already. So they are not used to being uh, being asked questions, you know, being interrogated, asking what this and that. So to them, it's still okay. Normal. Uh, it's a normal for them. So uh, when when uh, visitors come and they and they ask question, I mean the the distance is still uh, maintained. The physical distancing is still there. So. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's nothing new to, for us. It's just uh, it just go back to uh, normal uh, business as mm. as usual. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, as an ecotourism enterprise that I think relies heavily on tourists, especially foreign tourists, uh, is restriction on movement something of a concern in the long run? Uh, I know you've received booking uh, from Japan. Uh, I think for next year, but in the meantime, to some extent, there is an increase in I guess local tourists. But is there something of a concern in the long run? And do you have any other alternative plans to perhaps cope with that? Okay. For example, uh, we just talk about the the farming, yeah, mm. uh, the the edible herbal garden. herbal garden, edible garden, and and this uh, aquaculture because it's uh, even though it's they are not have. Uh, Farmers, but for some, for example, our Proto Malay and uh, Sanoi group, they can adapt to the farming quite easily since uh, they are not into nomadic life anymore after our independence. So this is nothing new, except for the Negrito group, which uh, we are in touch now with, like Kensu, Mandrik, and uh, and even Jahai, they they adapt uh, really good with the Royal Bloom. So you know, in the Royal Bloom, we have. Our yeah. almost getting our UNESCO uh, site, so the Gipera government is taking good care of them by giving them a job as a, a poach hunter, anti poachers. Mm. So they are they are they are going to the jungle and start catching poachers. So they have actually they have a new work. So I'm I'm uh, looking at in, into this uh, area as well so that. In Gombak, for example, they can report if they see any people dumping rubbish. <laughs> so uh, we're talking to a sponsorship. Let's say for one report, they can at least you know SMS report or mess- WhatsApp message with photos with uh, evidence. Maybe they can get maybe 20, 30 ringgit as a token. So at least they can they can top up their whole handphone because everybody has uh, WhatsApp now. So it's easy for them to report if they see any um, any rubbish dumping around the area. So this is not, this one, and also they can also report if there are people coming into the jungle illegally, and uh, in that sense, Jabatan Hutan and Jabatan and the Wildlife Department can can have a lot of eyes and ears around the jungle. Mm. So rather than uh, rather than uh, their staff, they are understaffed at the moment and even from before. So with the new staff um, being appointed from the Ora Asli uh, Kampong or villages, they can easily get all this information. 
Mm. So it, just spending a little bit of money for for their reporting. That's it. Mm. Uh, and and the SDPN, if they if they're in the royal balloon, they they have the authority to apprehend, to handcuff the you know the poachers. I think because they have their own their own uh, trading with the police and the prehilitan stuff. Mm. Yeah. We also do uh, besides having the jungle activities in the jungle, we also do training and consultancies uh, whereby uh, we are also arranging CSR. CSR activity whereby um, any corporates or NGO or any institutes uh, or government sectors would like to have um, a more training on understanding the orang asli and ways of orang asli is learning and uh, adapting themselves with the modern world. So we are doing a lot of training. So Jungle School is not just having the activities in the jungle. We do consultancies as well as training. So in that part, uh, we are not so worried and we are very, very positive uh, because the way to help the orang asli is to collaborate. So we do feel that collaborative effort should be there because we are going towards the same goal. I think the whole the whole world, I think, is going towards that. That's why now we are working closely with uh, UNESCO ESD, Education for Sustainable Development. And... Uh, after gaining the international awards, I think we, we receive more uh, invitation for collaboration. So on that part, we are quite uh, positive. So uh, in terms of not having the tourists, we, we can still have, uh, like next week, I'm going to do some teaching training with the Aborigines in Australia. So this is our way of connecting with Indigenous in other parts of the world. I see. All right. Yeah. You won some award uh, in a competition called International Invention Innovation Competition uh, in Canada. Uh, can you talk a bit about that? Okay. What I did was like during the MCU, I have that time to <laughs> to look at my computer. So I'm like my mind saja lah submission do. But we didn't expect to win any award actually. It's just like an experiencing an international Sharing. competition. So the nature of the competition is like a submission online. So we have to send a few documents and um, uh, after reviewing, uh, they have a prelim judging. So we won the gold award. So we are being selected. So there are about 60 countries competing, uh, about 680 submissions. So we are among the gold award winner and the finalists. We have been chosen as the finalists. And for the finalists, we have submitted um, our finalist video, which was being done by uh, my daughter. She's the creative designer, uh, director for uh, Jungle School Gombak Malaysia. So since she has the background of multimedia animations, so we submitted our content. It's like a five-minute video and that's the pitching. So now um, when we submitted that, uh, we, we got feedback from the community members because there are about 38 judges from uh, different different countries, uh, they are with the background of inventor. They are the actual inventor and uh, innovators, and they feel very very um, impressed because we submitted our works since two thousand eleven. So it's not just a theory; it's something which is really so. Okay. Our so our angle is like how we deal with the humanity. So our innovation is involving humans, you know, the, the indigenous people. And it's, uh, so that is also being called as innovation. 
So Alhamdulillah, we got that three awards. And we feel um, that's the benchmark lah, whereby we put the indigenous people okay, as yeah. the sustainable people, the orang asli Malaysia in, in the world, world map. map. Mm-hmm. So we yes. feel that uh, everybody appreciating the orang asli more mm-hmm. as well as the indigenous people. Okay, I think in, uh, in, uh, in our country, in Malaysia, we will appreciate what we have when we have uh, people from other countries said wow we have we have orasli <laughs> you have the best uh, sea or corals and the mountains and jungles but not coming from us in the first place we have it has got to come from outsiders so this is what we are doing we go to international uh, competition and uh, they said yeah we have the the oldest uh, living dna in the world which is batak tribe from uh, kelantan and Bahang area, so this uh, fat should be put on top of everything else because sixty thousand years ago we already have human here, and from there from their descendant it's actually us. We just don't know how they uh, we are evolving from from those uh, people. So when this fact is presented to the world, I think. A lot of people from other country will, you know, will be amazed. Wait, look, Malaysia has the oldest living DNA now, mm. because Australia uh, tourism they are putting Aborigin as the oldest living DNA at the moment. If you go into their website, but they are only fifty thousand years old. But we are ten thousand years older than the mm. Australian Aborigin, mm. and this fact is not, uh, you know, you know, hearsay. It's, not hearsay. it's mm. a, it's a DNA genome project from uh, USM. So and the, the blood is tested from the tribe itself. In 2016, this is a finding. Mm. So we have to bring this matter up to the world, and so that even Malaysian have to realize what we have is a gem. It's very expensive. That uh, the people should come and visit our country because of the orangsli. Mm. All right. Mm. All right. Okay. Thank you very much uh, for sharing. Uh, any last uh, words? Any last thoughts on the future moving forward? Okay, uh, we hope we can get support from the all the Malaysian uh, communities. Come and support the indigenous by joining us, having activities, enjoy the activities with the nature and uh, getting to know the Urasli and the indigenous people in Malaysia. That will be the best way to assist the Urasli community here. And um, we do hope uh, we get more collaboration because uh, from the government sector, from the non-government sector, uh, the universities or the other institution, we welcome everyone to come and assist us because uh, we, we feel that uh, collaboration will be the best way to actually uh, help help the orang asli people. And uh, on our part, uh, we are very, very proud to see that uh, the orang asli community is our hidden gem. And now uh, they are being recognized uh, well. Uh, so having the international awards is, is uh, a great achievement for us. Uh, this is the benchmark that we have put in. And we are working closely uh, with UNESCO to get it more recognized at the level of the world. Mm-hmm. So on the part maybe. Mm. I think uh, for the orang asli part, for all the friends that I know that I just met <laughs> since uh, 2011 and before that i mean um the orang asli themselves should be proud of this all this thing that we are doing now and, and even the orang asli has to wake up and start doing it especially on their tribes on their 
heritage and culture because as as we go along meeting the new tribes new friends for example smokeberry jakun uh, semelai jahai jahai you know they have different you know knowledge for example the the blow pipes uh, making every tribe has their own way not from bamboo some of them from wood so this is a new finding that i am also surprised mm. because i thought only the iban uh, make a uh, blow pipe from uh, belian wood mm. but i found out that jakun and semelai also making a uh, blow pipe from uh, papulut kayu papulut uh, also wood not bamboo mm. but because now because our jungle is depleting we are out of wood so some of the plants in our jungle has gone missing Um, so we have to replant and we have to reintroduce the plant as well not not only the rasli uh, skill but also the plant because without that plants the skill will be gone as well mm. so so to those uh, orang asli who listen to this and go back to your culture to your roots and start you know relearn as well i'm also a lot of relearning now especially the words you know the language i learned a so lot nice. when i when i see mm-hmm. when i meet all these people and for the last uh, uh, word i would like to say another example uh, we have poko uh, jelai which in the southern part johor selangor bismillah we call it jelai but in the temia tribe they call it kariel this plant is uh, is like corn or, or rice one long time ago because they use the, the seeds from July to to make rice to to eat you know mm-hmm. they they, they powder it into powder but now the July is no, no nobody know what is July anymore uh, but in Indonesia they call it jali so jali, that's why you jali. have a, you have a song jali jali that's a, a plant a song <laughs> it's from this this kind of plant so our nusantara has this thing but we, we already forgot everything we only know uh, july is a is a place that's it then uh, soon in, in another 50 years probably somebody will rename the july into some some kind of resorts uh, uh, living or whatever and uh, like monkiara damansara things so everything will be gone and will be forgotten So now let's so the Rasli let's go back to our culture and roots go back to our language so we bring it up again so that the world will see that our culture is very rich and that's what we call jewel the jewel of the world <laughs> You've been tuning in to I Love KL and this week we featured Norzalifa Zanal Abidin and Mija Kalam PE, founders of Jungle School Gombak Malaysia, an initiative that collaborates with orang asli around the area to teach participants the way of life in the jungle. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Remember to maintain physical distancing and stay safe. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.